Yeah, so this is like my first podcast podcast um, episode um, in breaking into people in tech. Um, and so human, yeah, you're my first guest. And um, yeah, just t- tell me about yourself. Like, what are you currently doing uh, right now? And um, yeah, what are you doing right now? And where, where are you at? Sounds good. So my name is Human. Um, I graduated from University of California, Davis in 2018 with computer science degree. Uh, currently, I work as a software engineer R&D at uh, TikTok. Yeah, that, that's really nice. Um, that's nice to hear. Um, interesting that you said like TikTok um, and um, just like for someone who's like uses TikTok um, on, on a, like, I guess, weekly basis. <laughs> it's pretty uh-huh. addictive. Um, like, so like within TikTok, like I know there's like several different like um, teams and stuff and like um, just like things to work on. Like, what are you working on within TikTok? Is that something that you can share? Like, um, are yeah, you I can. Or, yeah. yeah, I can share some insights on that. So I'm a software engineer. Um, I primarily work on an ads team um, and I support um, data ingestions part, uh, meaning how we gather data from advertisers and bring it to the TikTok platform and then how we can serve it back to the user using machine learning applications. Um, One thing that is very interesting about TikTok is that since it's in a hyper growth mode right now, um, a lot of our projects are being done from scratch and there's a lot of excitements around these projects. Um, So naturally it feels uh, good to work on these um, tasks. It's not uh, repetitive it's a lot of creativity as it promises um on the platform itself too um that also exists within the company too um yeah so that's kind of a high level of what i do there oh, yeah. that's really interesting uh, when you're talking about ads and stuff um i know like do you, did you have like previous experience like working with ads and just like the algorithm uh, actually, I didn't work in the ad space before. Um, a lot of people in the ads um, are new to the concepts and the domain. Uh, it's very natural for big companies like Google, Facebook, uh, like TikTok to use ads um, under a free kind of um, app or platform because that brings the most amount of revenue for these companies. Uh, for example, to give to put it into perspective, um, Google, the whole, not just Google, the Alphabet parent company, 80, around 80% of their revenue comes from Google ads. Um, and that shows how big this is, uh, for TikTok itself, our parent company called ByteDance is the most valued private company in the world currently. Yeah. And the main source of revenue comes from TikTok, which is its advertising sector. Wow, that's, that's, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's really good work. Um, and I guess, like, what, like, what led you to TikTok? Like, you know, where, where are you previously working? And, you know, what got you interested? Yeah, so previously, I was working on my first job out of college, which was a software engineer um, at Magic Leap. Magically is a augmented reality pioneer startup mm-hmm. that tries to compete with Microsoft HoloLens on creating augmented reality goggles. 
and um, I was actually laid off due to COVID-19 in March 2020, Um, and um, it was right around when pandemic was hitting, so there was a lot of uncertainty and also a lot of like ambiguity of where I'm going to work. A lot of big companies closed their positions at that time, uh, or they would hire very selectively um, compared to like the regular market or right now, which job market is pretty hot. So it was a very difficult time. And uh, I was lucky enough really to uh, find this position at TikTok. And I had um, one or two other counter offers too but they were at the smaller companies. And I thought TikTok at that time was booming and I was using it myself too. So I became more interested to work there. Oh, that's, that's really nice. Like um, I have like probably heard very little about Magic Leaf. Like what is the culture there? Like um, I know it's like the headquarters in Miami, right? Yeah, so the headquarters is in Florida. It's in a city called Plantation. Uh, it's about like a 45 or 50 minute drive from the actual Miami area. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a very interesting um, company. Uh, it's uh, still private. I think they were founded in 2011. Um, I got to double check that though. Uh, but right around then, and uh, they have been trying to create these goggles that are a little bit cheaper than um, Microsoft HoloLens, yeah. but still pretty pricey uh, due to their computation powers and also the capabilities that they have. So basically, the augmented reality goggles allow, allow you to not only see the digital world, but also see the real people and real things around you. So it's very, very interesting. And... There's a lot of creativity in that space too. Um, for me personally, I've been very interested in creative part of tech. I think that's something that is very um, inspiring within tech domains to me. Um, a lot of these companies are doing brilliant things with like a lot of creativity that is involved. Um, so it's, very, it's always kind of interesting to me to be in that environment. For example, in Magic Club Office, there were people like walking around with the goggles, testing things. Oh, that's and <laughs> yeah, there's, there's people who are, um, you know, um, talk about like crazy ideas they have about what other demos they can do on these devices. Uh, so overall, a very like diverse and creative place. Um, I'd say that since it was a startup, uh, the work culture was could get really, um, you know, um, maybe intimidating or even like extra competitive yeah. um, because um, people are trying to deliver um, projects and results. Uh, there's always deadlines and people push them back and forth. And um, it's just overall a very fast-paced environment, even compared to a bigger company yeah, or more established ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in that regard, it could be both positive and negative. There's definitely a lot of cons to it if you are trying to balance your life with work. And also for someone like me who was right out of college with not too much experience 
in working full time. It, it was very difficult. Uh, I remember after working about a month, I had to take a few weeks off because uh, it was just getting too hectic. And um, there's no official onboarding or there's no official like training. You are just put into work right from the bat and uh, it can become very challenging. Um, but I think it gave me a lot of confidence on what I'm doing right now at TikTok. Uh, with only one year of experience, I was able to work on very impactful projects at TikTok, given that experience. So it was definitely beneficial at the end. Um, but at the time, it was very challenging. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can just imagine. That's that's crazy. Um, yeah, like especially like startups. I, I'm pretty sure TikTok um, is possibly just as rig rigorous as Magic Leap. Um, yeah, it could be. It really depends on the team on bigger companies, but TikTok definitely operates just like in a startup too. Um, we have small teams and we also work on multiple projects at the same time. Um, we also work very cross-functionally among different teams uh, too. So um, yeah, it can be challenging at TikTok too, especially we have teams all around the US, all around the world, actually. Um, given the pandemic situation, now we are working remotely. So there's time zone difference. There is a lot of like flexible hours really means working uh, at any point of the day um, sometimes. So um, those could be, uh, as I said, good or bad, depends on your perspective. Um, so that comes to my my other questions. Um, so you're working from home right now. Um, does TikTok like um, is it is it is it work from home? Like, what is the work from home policies? Um, is it has that changed or is it just you know currently remote? Yeah. So um, currently we are remote. Uh, I got onboarded remotely as well, so I haven't actually been to the office yet. Um, in my team, my manager is the only one who has been to the office, and I I hear that the office is actually pretty cool. We have like daily lunch and dinner and things like that. Typical, uh, you know, tech companies benefits in the Bay Area. Um, but yeah, so far we don't have an exact date to return back to the office, but at some point we will, because um, a lot of our new hires haven't met each other at all. So they're trying to bring people together at some point um, once the mm -hmm. pandemic is over. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I guess like, what was like, I, I know you were talking about like, you know, working with different teams across the world. Um, and what was like probably the latest time that you worked and then the earliest? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good question. So. There was a time that I was on the East Coast and I was working, maybe I had a meeting at around 9.30 or 10 p.m. That was probably the latest that I worked. Um, I know that there are people who work at midnight sometimes, depends on their schedule. Um, and the earliest for me was maybe around 7 a.m. Um, that was the time that I had to communicate with a team in China for a meeting. Um, and it was even late for them too. It was like their 7 p.m. Um, and we also have on-call rotations at TikTok. So those could be happen at any time. 
uh, given in your um, timeline. Um, so yeah, um, but they don't happen as often anymore, thankfully, because now I'm primarily work on projects within the US. I see. Um, so like if, if somebody was like interested in working on TikTok, like what, what would they do like in terms of like preparing for, you know, um, getting that interview or like just, you know, having a, a good resume? Like what does that look like? Mm -hmm. So TikTok is really have kind of similar or even higher expectation, just like fan companies. Um, so you have to have a decent resume that showcase your projects, your experience, your education. Um, it also depends whether you're applying right after right out of college or as a full-time employee. So if you are full-time, they really care about your latest experiences. If you are college students, they really care about your education and also um, what are your internships. I, I feel like the best way for college students to get their foot uh, to the door is doing internships. And um, I myself during undergrad did three different internships in three different companies with three different positions. So that really allowed me to get a better sense of what I wanted to do at the end. Um, and if you do well during your internships, there's a really high chance that you get a return offer from that company too. So that gives you a lot of leverage as well. Um, especially for TikTok, I think uh, you have to really prepare well for your coding interviews. Um, as a college student, you might get a coding challenge that can be really challenging. Um, so you have to prepare well in order to pass those initial steps. And then the rest is very standard. You usually have a phone screen, um, like a technical phone screen, uh, either with the hiring manager or one of the engineers. And then if you pass that, you go to on-site round, which is usually four different rounds or more, depends on your experience. And um, yeah, it's very, very standard technical mm -hmm. interviews. Um, like for, how about for like people who are like not from like technical background, like um, I guess like people who are interested in like uh, product management um, for those internships. I don't know if you have any, um, um, yeah, actually, that's a good question. I probably wouldn't be the best person to comment on that since I've been mostly focused on software engineering. Yeah. Um, but I something that I know for sure is that product managers, there is fewer positions compared to software. I think an educated guess would be out of every 10 engineers, we need one product managers. Mm -hmm. So you can get more competitive in terms of, or more selective in terms of getting accepted even for the initial yeah. interviews. Um, but um, there's a really good book called Cracking the PM Interview as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That um, gives guidelines on how to get those interviews and how to prepare for them. Um, I read the book myself too, but maybe once I can land a few product managers like offers or, um, I don't know, interviews, I can talk about it more. But at this time, I don't have too much um, experience oh, to comment okay. on. No worries. Um, so yeah, um, 
I guess my next question would be, um, what is what is the culture like at uh, TikTok? I know we talked about like Magic Leap. Um, mm-hmm. It was pretty much like a startup space. Um, I'm guessing TikTok is kind of similar to that. Like, is it like fast paced, like startup? Um, it, you know, they they like innovation. Um, just how how was it? Mm-hmm. I know yeah. it's like remote as well. It's kind of hard to <laughs> like yeah. know culture and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So overall, very fast paced. Um, as I said, um, your um, kind of day to day is. Uh, you know, filled with few meetings or like uh, stand-up updates for different teams and also um, delivering your uh, code reviews and your um, merge requests for your changes. Um, I'd say that uh, a company like TikTok expects you to work very professionally. Um, Like, there's always things that you need to learn on the job, but at the same time, they expect you to deliver results. That means that um, you should be able to learn things super quickly. Um, at the beginning, it was it was kind of challenging for me. Like we were using new language, and uh, for example, we use GoLang at TikTok for our microservices. So I was learning a little bit about that, but I had to learn it so quickly that I could just deliver, just like I know that language really well. Um, so um, I think being able being able to stay flexible is really important within these jobs. And um, also like, um, especially with the remote working hours, as I said, you have to be very flexible on the time that you're putting in. Um, some people like to say that, oh, I'm only working from nine to five. Uh, usually within tech companies, it doesn't work like that. You, mm-hmm. Unless they're a little bit like um, older in terms of style of management. Usually at the New York companies, they have flexible hours. And what they really care about is not how many hours you work. It's about you deliver results. So you have to find a way to balance that with your personal hours really yeah yeah i can just i can i can see that um with a lot of like growth companies it's like a lot of like work hours um and then i've seen like other other SaaS companies that are much more mature um it's like i guess you know delivering results doesn't take like that long or they're not really breaking into anything they just uh-huh. try to just you know uptake revenue but they're they're already really big so um, I, I guess um, I, I can see that. Um, what do you do for fun? Like, uh, where where are you staying right now? Um, and yeah, yeah. So um, right now I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, my friends call me digital nomad, uh, <laughs> which is the popular term these days. Um, so I used to live in Miami for some time during the pandemic. Right now I'm actually in the staying in. Um, East part of Tennessee in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's in a oh, small wow. city called Johnson City. Wow. So it's kind of near a lot of hikes and close to Asheville, North Carolina. It's the closest popular spot around here or Knoxville within uh, Tennessee. Um, but I'm planning to go to Colorado next month to stay there for a few weeks. 
Um, I was just in California last week um, for, and I was staying at my friend's uh, place for about a week in San Diego and just working from there. Mm -hmm. um, so this remote work enabled me to move around a lot. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to explore the places that I haven't lived there before so that I can see maybe in the future I can move there or not. So Colorado is one of them that I want to explore. The next one probably would be Salt Lake City. Mm -hmm. um, I explored Austin during pandemic. Um, I've lived in the Bay Area before. Um, I think I might actually end up in the Bay Area at some point <laughs> in the future. Uh, but given the remote situation, I think a lot of people have more flexibility. Um, so yeah, I, I encourage people to try out new places and mm -hmm. see if they like it or not. Like, is there any like rules like in terms of like, can you go out of the country um, as a digital nomad? Um, it really depends on your company um, and also which country you're traveling to. But usually if you are working for a company within the US that allows you to work remotely, they expect you to have a residency in the US. Uh, I believe that's a general rule of thumb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's really nice, like hearing that you're traveling places and taking advantage of remote work. I actually was in Miami as well for a couple of days uh, during uh -huh. spring. Uh, it was really beautiful there. Um, I went to San Diego a couple of times, um, but yeah, like uh, I think re remote work is really nice. <laughs> I hope we just uh, keep remote work, <laughs> just uh, uh, continue doing that. Yeah, um, I think there is some value to going to the office too, mm -hmm. but uh, the benefits of working remotely definitely outweigh all of that, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And that's why so many people and so many companies are moving toward this kind of direction. Um, it seems like that most big companies want people to go back to the office kind of sooner than other people at other companies. And that makes sense since they have all these big buildings that are empty, I guess. Um, but I think for smaller companies, it's nice that they offer remote work to their employees. It's uh, it makes it's kind of a win-win situation for both. Yeah. Um, and if you were giving to the if you're given the opportunity to like be remote like forever, would you take it? Um, yeah, just wondering. Uh, yeah, I would. To be honest, I think there's a lot of cool spots that you can explore even within the U.S. So, I would definitely do that and probably. Mm -hmm. um, you know, decide on one final destination for myself. Honestly, for now, I'd say I'm kind of uh, debating between Miami and San Diego. Mm -hmm. um, San Diego is super nice and it's metropolitan near the kind of uh, sea. So you can have a boat if you, you know, have enough savings in your future. <laughs> and, um, you know, nice weather all, all year around. Um, Miami has some advantages, similar things. Um, nice winter, um, a little bit cheaper, a big, a bigger city, and also no income tax, which is yeah. <laughs> uh, a great uh, advantage. But you have to deal with the humidity uh, and the summers in Miami. Uh, so there's always pros and cons between different <laughs> locations. But 
I think I'd actually prefer to work remotely at this time. Okay, that, that's really nice. How would the taxes work uh, when you're remote? Would it would it would you just be taxed on like, I guess like um, where you're currently residing, your residence? Um, I think be- it, I think it really varies on the company policy, so I don't want to comment on that because okay. it might be different based yeah. on each person's situation. Um, but usually, um, I think the best way is to even when you get an offer or if you are negotiating with them, you can definitely ask about this. And uh, I remember I was interviewing with a company that offered remote work, but um, you know they told me right off the bat that how their tax situation would work depends on which location. So that's why they usually ask you where you're staying to so they can yeah. sort these things out, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um... It's like one last question before we, you know, wrap up. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, I know we both went to Davis uh, together. Uh, who was uh, your? What was your favorite class there, and um, and and why? Um, mm-hmm. um, actually, for me, um, my most interesting class was elective in com- upper division computer science. Uh, computer vision with Young J. Lee. Um, I think there was two benefits to this class. The professor was really knowledgeable and knew what he was talking about. And also the projects in that um, class were very like interesting. Uh, they were different than like, there was a lot of visualization that was yeah. involved. So you could see what you're doing as you progress. So I think it was very interesting. Um, I aced that class actually, um, which was very fun experience. And I actually enjoyed doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was doing it not only to get that good grade, but because I was really passionate, getting really passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I actually joined Magically was because it, I knew that the role there is going to involve some sort of computer vision problem. And it did. And it was very like interesting um how like a small knowledge of me taking a class could be applied later in my career um and i took that class kind of late in my college years uh if i would take it earlier i would probably do research on computer vision too i think it's a very interesting area to work on and there's a lot of cool applications around it um yeah, I'd say that was probably the most interesting <laughs> class for me. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's called ECS one seventy four. Yeah, I think I think they changed the numbers around by now. I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's still. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, but thank you so much, uh, Human. Um, I, I really appreciate you taking your time, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll probably do another one one day. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Thank you for having me and. Hope everything goes well with your podcast. Yeah, thanks.